This is a Need 10 Media production. Welcome aboard, my friends. It's Nate Clayberg. And in this episode, I get to introduce you to Barry Richter. She has had a career in the casino business and then moved on to helping people make their ideas a reality in the sign business. But to me, she is a true connector and has connected me all sorts of people uh, to help my business or help them. Uh, but again, in this show, I introduce you to jobs, careers, and work that many people don't even know that are out there and even how people got into those roles. Uh, welcome aboard, Barry. And as we begin, I want you to go back in time when you were growing up, graduating high school. Where did you think you'd be going after graduation? Um, I envisioned myself uh, when I was in high school, and I actually looked at my yearbook a couple years ago um, and saw that my thought out of high school was I was going to be a veteran, veterinarian. Um, and that was my big dream. However, that dream was completely dashed my freshman year of college when I got there and I realized that I did not have the study skills to make it through college science courses in order to get to vet school. Um, so that was freshman year of college, big learning experience, um, was, you know, a pretty good student in high school that never had to study and went to college, found out I was not prepared and yeah, how to make a right turn. Well, that's uh, you're talking through something that isn't unusual. You know, you graduated what 15 years ago, right? Yeah, so, just 15. You know. Yeah, it was just a little while ago. <laughs> so some <laughs> things haven't changed. I think that it's still the case in, in high school and you've had kids come through school too. And, and you've seen either your kids or their friends that uh, they get uh, set on a pathway and they're set to go. And then they think college is going to be just like high school, and it certainly isn't. You've seen, you've heard some of those stories in your family, I'm sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, my oldest son, uh, his uh, expectation out of high school was that he was going to be a science teacher, and got to college and realized that being a science teacher wasn't really wanted what he wanted to do. And so now, in ten days, he'll be graduating as an accounting major. Completely different, isn't it? Interesting yeah. how things change. I, I guess from a parent's perspective, hindsight, you know, we we kind of see some skill sets and traits in our in our kids or other people's kids even. Did did you see accounting at one point, or is this a total shocker to you? I'm not sure if he's hit a sweet spot yet. Um, having watched employees grow over the years, I think he's he'll be fine at this, but he has such a natural affinity with people. Um, I don't think he's quite hit a sweet spot, but that'll come. That'll come with time. Yeah. You know, I always say there's, there's jobs we think we're going to be in, and then there's jobs we end up in, and then we evolve and we're looking for that job we love. And then I can really find purpose with, but, you know, Barry, let's go back and, and, uh, you know, you evolving from, uh, from thinking you're going to be a veterinarian, how did that evolve? And what did you transition to? And then how did you transition into the professional world and the path you were on? So I um, transitioned into business and psychology. Um, I was almost a double major with psych. I ended up being a minor in psychology, but I really loved thinking about how and why people did things um, and why people were motivated. Um, on things and business was just, I knew I could get a job with business. Um, 
and I was at a small liberal arts college in um, Oregon because I grew up in Washington State. So I was able to, I didn't have to specialize there in areas of business. So my accounting professors thought I was a marketing major. My marketing teachers thought I was a professors thought I was an accounting major. So I was able to, to have a pretty broad path there. So I, I ended up with a, a degree in business and a, a minor in psych. You, you graduate and what happens next? What do, what do you find? <laughs> In the I, world I that you said you can find a job in. Yeah, well, I graduated and married a guy from Iowa, of all things, um, who, you know. God forbid. I know. <laughs> married a guy from Iowa and ended up um, relocating to Iowa. And, you know, when you're growing up in the Pacific Northwest, the, Iowa really isn't on your radar of, you know, top 10 places you think you're going to live or go move to. So we ended up moving back here. We came back here in 91. And I needed a job. And so I got a job in the casino business. We moved here 15 days later. I'm working in the casino business. Casino business, again, not on my radar at all. It's not something I don't think, I don't know if anybody, I don't even know if anybody now goes to school and says, hey, I'm going to get a job in the casino. I think it's kind of that job you get and then you kind of stay in the industry. Um, and so I got a job in the casino business. I started out in a revenue audit because at that point in my life, I thought I wanted to be in accounting. Um, and maybe this is why I think of my son not hitting his sweet spot <laughs> is that I got in there and I realized sitting quiet and still in a cubicle was not the best fit for me. Personally, that's just not who I am. My brain wants to go 12 different directions and I'm wanting to create a better mousetrap or break the mousetrap or find a different way to do things. And that's not the accounting way to do things. So I ended up evolving out of accounting um, and ended up starting as a marketing analyst and uh, worked in marketing and moved my way up in marketing that way. Um, and then from marketing moved over into operations and then eventually into running a casino. But uh, you talked about that first job. What was that work, that audit work? What were you doing in that? Uh, I want to paint it as a dark, dingy closet uh, <laughs> with a dim light bulb that you were you Actually, weren't just counting chips and receipts. Um, it was, uh, there was a little bit of an element of that, but it was actually, you know, for a working environment, it was pretty, pretty, um, pretty awesome because I was on a barge with windows on four sides on the, uh, sitting in the, um, ice harbor in Dubuque, you know, with the water all around, you don't get much better than that. But it was as taking all the paperwork and verifying that the paperwork matched the internal controls and also matched the state requirements and then tying that back to all the bank receipts um, or all the receipts that were coming through. So it was verifying that we were following all the requirements because when gaming first came live in Iowa, there was such a concern that it was going to be the mob and that it was going to pollute the wholeness of Iowa and it was going to bring in mobsters and prostitution and drug dealing and all these things that people had perceptions of and that you know, that was what the state was working so hard to protect against. So you, you get out uh, of that world, I guess, or out of the closet. I'm going to put that in air quotes, I guess. Uh, 
that, yeah, that was back when casinos were still sitting on the water and still had to probably run up and down the river a little bit too. Didn't it they? did. It did. I have stories of um, climbing off the side of them um, because I didn't want to go out for the five hour sale or um, climbing on the side of them because I needed to go. I was that person. <laughs> so then, then, so then you got out of uh, uh, bean counting and marketing. I mean, completely yeah. different personality traits when you're looking at that, that kind of work. How did, how did that door open for you? They, I had an opportunity to go as a marketing analyst. So I could take my um, analytical skills and had the opportunity to go from the casino, actually in Dubuque, up to the casino in Marquette. They were looking for a marketing analyst who could go in and casinos are very heavy in direct mail and promotions. And they wanted somebody to review those activities and see what was profitable or not profitable. And so I was able to take my analytical skills and move into that. And it was just one of those, they were looking in, you know, I answered the call and I absolutely loved it because it allowed me to build the better mousetrap. It allowed me to break things that weren't working and, and point out that things weren't working and, and try to make things better. And, and just, I absolutely, absolutely enjoyed that transition. You know, you get into that business and you're probably just looking at how do you scale? How do you, how do you climb through the ladder in that business? Is that what you were kind of looking at or thinking that was the path for you? Pretty much. I mean, it's once you're in the casino business, um, that's where the opportunities and it was very growth. You know, you think about the 90s and the casino business, it was still explosive growth at that time. Um, it wasn't a retracting industry at all yet. And so there was a lot of opportunities that were developing that were going on. So I was just able to take advantage of those as they were, you know, as those were coming along the way. So, you know, I stayed with it. There were times that I was like, eh, you know, do I really like the 24 seven 365 lifestyle? And I wasn't quite sure about that. Also, when your resume says casino, how do you transition that back to the real world? That was the other hard part. Were there some opportunities you saw along the way that you saw that of, of getting looked past because they think you're just casino business and there really wasn't that thinking of about what skill sets that you have gained from that industry? Was there anything I, along the way that you saw that? I, I, you know, I think I felt that now, whether that was my own internal baggage or if that was reality, I can't say. Yeah. I, I, and I, I see that too. And I think we all have done that of, you know, I had it with broadcasting or you have it with, if you're in education or whatever it is, you just think I can't get into that. Um, and, and you've hired a, a lot of people over the years too, right? Talk through as, at what you look for uh, people coming in uh, to your industry and even in the work that you do now. You know, I, over the years, it's, it's all about attitude. Um, and I, I think more and more and more I've looked for attitude. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, it really is about your willingness to learn, your willingness to contribute, your willingness to be a team player. Those are those are the whoops, uh, the three things that I want, period. If you don't want to do those things, um, then I'm not your best fit as to be part of the team um, or be your leader. If you don't want to contribute by helping to teach others or to jump in when others need help or um, offering your feedback or your opinion, then, you know, I, that, that's not who I'm looking for. I need somebody who's going to help contribute with their experience and their thoughts and their, and their breadth of experience, you know, their experience. I, I need somebody who's going to offer that up. I, I need somebody who's willing to learn and, 
learn from other people's thought processes and experience. And I need positivity. You know, work is hard. That's why it's work. Um, you know, otherwise it'd be a hobby. Um, and you need to surround pe yourself with people who are positive um, to help lift each other up. You know, and you talk about the world that, that you were in, and, and I think people forget that. And I had that with, not to that extent with college athletics, but it doesn't stop. It's nights and weekends, 24-7. The casino's open. The bells are chiming. The people are coming in and out. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's probably sometimes hard to forget what time it is um, and where you're at. There got to a point uh, in just knowing you that you probably saw the running the wall. You needed to figure out something else. I was I was extremely burnt out, and I didn't know how to escape. I was I was extremely burnt out. Uh, you know, you're expected to be plugged in 24/7, 365. That's the reality of that business and senior leadership, and, and it, it, that's tough. That's mentally draining and mentally mentally tough. And some people can do that forever and ever and ever, and some people can't. And I just am, wasn't one of those people that was designed to do that forever and ever and ever. You were, uh, I guess, given an opportunity uh, is how <laughs> I would term it. Yeah, I think that's you a know? nice way to term it. They made, they decided to make you a know? leadership change. And, and part of that was, is that, you know, my skill set is about, I'm on the marketing side of things and they were getting very geared to sell. And so when a company is getting geared, very geared to sell, they are going into a time frame where they want to reduce, they want to get to the strongest bottom line, the best revenue number right now. They're not looking for medium, mark, medium term marketing growth or long term marketing growth. They want high returns right now. And I'm not that person. Um, I, believe in making decisions that are good for short, medium, or long-term. Um, I'm not that, you know, let's just focus on the short-term results. That to me feels well, wrong. And so they made in that the business. Decision. You're in that business. You're trying to get people in the door and people to spend money and, and stay and that type of thing. So, you know, there's probably, did you deal with any sort of, uh, probably ethical or moral traits or, or what your values were in, in the work you're doing compared to, you know, what the, what the business was, was that hard? Yeah. I mean, the, the company was pretty clear about, you know, if somebody had problem, you know, if you thought somebody had problem gaming, um, you know, here are the standards and what you were expected to do. You know, the hard part is that when you're looking at somebody, how do you identify when somebody's at that point? And they gave you standards to look at that, but it's like identifying with somebody who has, I guess the way that most people can relate is when somebody has a problem with alcohol, somebody may consume, may be able to consume a lot more alcohol because of body weight or size than another person can because they can handle it and not develop an addiction issue um, where somebody with, you know, somebody who has a huge budget, it's not, if you have a hundred thousand dollar budget and you can spend a hundred thousand dollars, does that mean you have a problem gaming problem where you may have only a hundred dollar budget and you blow that, that may be a gaming problem. How do you, it's not based off of the size of the budget. It's the behaviors that occur around it. And it's hard to monitor those and think about those and watch all those gaming behaviors and determine when those people are having problems and challenges. And so watching that and trying to react to that. And then 
dealing with the family members. It, it's that's challenging and being empathetic around that. You were given a favor or done a favor, I guess, is how I did it when it happened to me. And I don't know if you'd say it's by the, is that the best thing that's ever happened to you professionally? But it opened up some doors to try and figure out what you want to do next that maybe fit what you want to do. Talk through that transition. Yeah, um, I will tell you real quick. My dad said to me, uh, that was the best thing that happened to you because that job was going to kill you. And that's a really painful thing to hear from a parent. So yeah, it was definitely a favor. Um, so what I did is I knew that one, I wanted to stay where I was at because my kids were doing well in school. They had good friend groups and I wanted to keep them solid because both of them were, one was a junior in high school and the other one was an eighth grader. So I didn't want to move them at what I thought was a really crucial time. And I decided, you know what? I wanted to go out and see what kind of uh, franchise type of opportunities were out there. So I worked with a franchise broker and I ended up not going into a specific franchise. I went more into a business partnership. I found um, a business partnership that was centered around signage because that allowed me to continue on with marketing. Because that's really when I look back on all the things that I really love to do in the casino business, it's centered around marketing. It's centered around product placement. It's centered around message positioning. It's centered around thinking about how product worked on the floor. And, and that's what I really enjoyed. So that allowed me to continue down that path. So the sign business, you know, another open, another door you probably didn't think you were going to open. I think you've had some fun with it and you've met a lot of uh, uh, different and cool people, I think, in the circles that you've been able to create. Yeah. I mean, I really absolutely have. I've, there's some amazing projects that we've been able to be involved in. Um, some of the, I mean, one of my favorites still to this day is the huge pharaoh head on the front of the windows on Royal Edge, which is on Sycamore Street in Waterloo. Uh, they came to us and they just wanted this, take their icon and put it as a small thing on the window. And their icon was so cool that we were able to figure out a way to just blow it up. And now to find out these guys are opening up a second location on the same street and, you know, their business has just taken off and, and did that pharaoh head do that for them no but it certainly has made them very noteworthy and it's made them easily identifiable that you know everybody knows where they're at you know you talk about to people in waterloo who know the city or the downtown area they know where those guys are at in a heartbeat um, we've developed a really good relationship with vgm who is a major employer in waterloo and we've done a ton of work with them and that has been so much fun and, you know, we're constantly working back and forth with them and helping them. And that's just been amazing. Um, you know, you know, constantly working with small business owners and trying to help them and, and move them along. Well, and, and you get into that and <clears throat> a lot of the sales and, and that was probably something that you didn't get to do a lot in, in the casino business was some of the networking that you got to do and some of the business to business groups that I know you're a part of, especially in the Cedar Rapids, Iowa area. You know, I, I, I remember just it's happened over the last few years you'll send me a message and connect me to somebody that you feel like I'm going to have a tie to. I think we're a lot alike in that aspect where I'm always like, if I meet somebody, I'm sitting there thinking, who can I connect them to that's going to help them? Talk through that of, of discovering that and, and how you feel going through that and, and some good things that have come from it. You know, I, I, to me, I think that's part of paying forward. I think in life, you should pay things forward. And so, so when I'm out networking, I'm just not networking for myself. It's not about me meeting, meeting people to take care of my business. I'm meeting people to help other people that I know. So like one of the people I introduced you to is a friend of mine who I know through the equestrian community. 
I had no clue what she did. And we went out to dinner one night and she described what she did. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the coolest business ever. And Nate works with high school kids and high school kids need to know about what this woman does and they need to hear her story. And so, you know, I thought I should connect this. I need to connect Nate with Tammy so that this story can be told, you know, if this, if, if this works, this is great. And if it doesn't, then, you know, at least there was the opportunity. It wasn't meant to be. And, and so those are the things that click through my head all the time of, you know, this person's a phenomenal organizer. This business owner needs a phenomenal organizer. Let me help connect them because that's when you're in business for yourself, it's important to help others. It's just, it's just being a good human. And so it being in business for myself has allowed me to be, maybe take more time to be a good human. Yeah. I think uh, Jessica Fairbanks, James Mayhew, I'm probably missing mm-hmm. a couple in there uh, that, that have reached yeah, out and, and connected. And yeah, I think, you know, Jessica was one, one, if I could help her with her, <laughs> she's got some high school kids and then James has a podcast and he does some of the same leadership stuff. What advice do you have to somebody who's starting into either business on their own as a, a franchise or whatever uh, in some things you've learned here coming from a corporate or organized world to really prepare them to be successful in that? So there's a a couple things that I would tell definitely from a franchise side of things. Um, The things that are jumping to mind, especially since we were just talking about networking is make sure you're networking, not just for yourself, but you're networking for others. You know, it's about if you um, pay for, pay forward for others, those networking opportunities. A lot of times when I go into network, I don't even try to do a sale for myself. I'll try to help the person I'm across the table from more so than try to do a sale for myself. Um, So that would be one. Two, really take the time to understand that franchise, their long-term goals. Uh, There's a couple things that I've heard out there from people who have done franchises about what the franchise um, long-term goals are, understanding what that is. The other thing that I've found pretty successful on is really get robust with like your LinkedIn. Um, And if there's people on this that are listening to this who have students, like college students, have their college students start connecting on LinkedIn with people that contacts they're making now. So they're building that robustly now because they're going to want that later on. Yes. And that's how, you know, uh, our kids were in school together and in the community at Jessup. But I, I would say, Barry, we, we knew of each other, but we didn't really know each other until I, I, we probably had more conversations on LinkedIn message maybe than we've had in person. Absolutely. Uh, just to just the connections that we've had through there. And, you know, we live, we live minutes apart, but, you know, if I'm a magician, a, a career magi- magician, and maybe that should become a thing. I don't know. Um, that would be a wonderful thing. If I give a, if I got a magic wand and I say, Barry, I'm going to give you your dream job. What would you tell me? What would you, what would your wish be? Oh my goodness. Wow. I love helping business owners. I just love, I, if, if I could have a job that involved brainstorming and connecting, that would make me money hands down all day long, all day long. I love I, I connecting think we'd be, people. We'd be fighting for customers. I think if that was the case, <laughs> I love connecting people. I love brainstorming. So last night I went to a networking event and I mean, it was really super informal, but sat down with a gal who owns a little business called wine styles and they had just purchased it. And she's like, well, what do you think? And I said, well, I think you need, I said, this is really, 
cool. You have different wine in here than um, what Hy-Vee has, but you're going to have to make it a reason for people to come in here. And so we started brainstorming like different things and functions that they could do with people, how to make a calendar because people like experiences and they like to have social outings and then getting that as their way to bring people in. And we probably tossed around ideas for 20 minutes. And, and that's what I really, really enjoy doing is, you know, it's about experiences. If you think about what Instagram does and what interactive signage can do, it's about experiences. And that's what people want. They want experiences. I've got to ask though, what wine were you drinking when this brainstorming was happening? Um, I, it was a red blend. I can't remember the brand. <laughs> <laughs> Truth comes out. Truth comes out. Red, red, it was a red blend. I don't remember the brand. <laughs> Barry, thank you for taking time to to record this and uh, getting a chance to to connect and and allow me to learn even more about your backstory and where things have come. And I look forward to making mutual connections as we move forward. Well, thanks for the opportunity, Nate. It was fun. I appreciate it. Everyone, thank you for listening and being on this journey. And we invite you to subscribe and share this podcast. It's called That's a Job. It's on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The That's a Job podcast presented by Career Adventure Academy and the College and Career Discovery course. Discover the work you are wired to do. Now, go live your career adventure. If you haven't done so already, hit subscribe to enjoy future episodes. Build your career adventure at nateclayberg.com. Production assistance provided by Bill Jordan voiceovers. Visit billjordanvo.com. This podcast is a Need 10 Media production.